Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the You Haven't Seen That Podcast. I'm Alva. I'm Isaac. And this show, we're going to cover films on that growing list that has people asking us that question. You haven't haven't seen seen that? that? Today's movie is going to be 1985's Breakfast Club. Have you seen that one, Isaac? No, no, I actually haven't seen this one. So this this is is fun. So not only is this a movie that I actually haven't seen, but you've seen. I've seen multiple times. But this is an episode that you're taking the reins on. Yeah. I get to sit back and just chill. (laughs) Go ahead. You're going to give out all the fun facts this time? Yeah, I'm I'm (laughs) Fun Fact Isaac. That's what they call me. All the guys. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So what is the reason that you haven't seen this movie? I don't like high school movies uh-huh. and I don't like high school shows. Okay. Uh, I didn't have like a, a traumatizing time in high school, oh. but um, I didn't have a successful high, high school career either. I wasn't really the popular kid. I sort of like, you know, developed my sense of humor to stay out of trouble mm-hmm. and, you know, had like my little ragtag group of friends, but like it wasn't fun by any means. I think high school kids were fucking dumb as shit. And, uh, and so when shows or movies do high school like appropriately, like Wonder Years, I can't watch. Freak, <gasps> Freaks and Geeks, I can't watch. Oh, and I'm no. not, and that's not saying that they aren't good shows or movies. It's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I want to forget my own. I don't want to be reminded of me being in high school. The only like high school movie I'll accept is uh, Spider Man Homecoming. Okay. And this movie. And this movie. Yeah. Cause I am so glad that I finally got around to watching this movie. I liked it a lot. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Well, you'll tell me that rating later on on the show. Okay. Yeah. So I know I haven't seen this movie, mm-hmm. and I know you've seen this movie. Yes. How do you like it? I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, personal fave? Yeah, it's one of my personal faves. Uh, I think I just like it a lot just because it's not like a cheesy high school movie. That's what I thought this movie was going to be. So what I know about this movie, mm-hmm. or what I knew about this movie before mm-hmm. watching it, is I knew it had Emilio Estevez in it. Emilio! <laughs> the Mighty Duck Man himself. I knew that it had uh, Judd, don't call me Jude Nelson. <laughs> 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 I know. I knew that it had, uh, it was Anthony Michael Hall. Okay. Did I say Molly Ringwald already? No. Um, and that was about it. I knew that it was, uh, they were in detention. Okay. And that is all that I know. I know the iconic song. I know some iconic parts, like, you know, Judd Nelson at the end doing the whole freeze frame, mm-hmm. freeze frame fist. Easy for me to say. Say that five times fast. I can't say that one time fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is about all that I knew. I knew that it was a John Hughes movie. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not a huge, <laughs> I'm not a huge Hughes fan. Um, but I, he did Ferris Bueller. Yes, he did. I like Ferris Bueller. I love Ferris Bueller. Days on his day off. And <laughs> <laughs> I love Ferris Bueller and all about his day off. Um, and I'm not a big fan of 16 Candles. I've seen 16 Candles. Mm-hmm. I, it, I remember you sat down with me to watch that. And it's just not, it's not for me. I'm not, again, it's not saying that they're bad movies, but it's just not for me. Okay. No, I mean, that makes sense. You had your very, um, trauma, non-traumatizing high school. Yeah. So that's fine. At my taste. I mean, yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead and get started with this. Pre-production? Pre-production. Okay. Okay. So upon my research, the movie had a budget of $1 million. And do you want to know what it made now? You want to find out at the end? No, tell me now. Okay. Yeah. So it made, uh, domestically, it made uh, 45, a little close to $46 million mm-hmm. domestically. And worldwide, 
million dollars. Okay. Fifty-one point five million dollars. Any sense in that? Uh, actually, no. No, Shut not up. like last time. <laughs> Shut up! It's because you were in the pants in this episode. <laughs> just for the episode, just this one, just just this one. Hey, I'm running the buttons, man. Hey, hey, keep uh. my mic on. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Elva? Huh? What'd you say? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Sorry, sorry. I'm not gonna get button happy. No, I'm not a control freak. Just one more time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone knows by now that this movie is a John Hughes movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, top cast would probably be Emilio Estevez. I'm not going to say it again because I I, <laughs> I just I just like it. Molly Ringwall, mm-hmm. uh, Judd Nelson, Ali Sheedy, and Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, Ali Sheedy was the only one that I I couldn't really remember her name. I've seen her uh, and stuff. I saw her like in Lost in Space as far mm-hmm. as like something recent. Um, but what I did notate, if you don't mind, is their ages. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so Judd Nelson is 25. Molly Ringwald was 16. And then once it was released, she turned 17. Uh, Estevez was 23. Anthony Michael Hall is 16. And Ali Sheedy was 23. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Makes it interesting. That's nice to know that Judd Hall was the, the oldest one. Judd Hall? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I messed up his name. It's okay. Clean. Judd Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you some pre-production stuff I found in case you hadn't you hadn't found it? Okay. Um, that they were before filming this movie, mm-hmm. they rehearsed it a bunch of times in in the form of like a play. So much so that they he actually uh, Hughes actually wrote the script as a play so that high schoolers could perform it. Interesting. Yeah, I always thought that was fun because that's oh you know what? another thing that I didn't know about this film I didn't know that it all took place like essentially in this one room which is the library. Yeah. And speaking of the library, uh, I did uh, find out in my research that uh, this library was constructed in a gymnasium of a high school that was already closed down for a couple of years called May North High School. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like later on, it was used for a bunch of other things. But ultimately, ultimately, it is now an Illinois State Police uh, station. So if you get arrested, you could say, I got, a, I got arrested. And, <laughs> and in the detention the- <laughs> facility. I'm part of the breakfast club. Got it. So you'll be the criminal? Yeah. We got the <laughs> Judd sense. Nelson characters yeah. in there. All right. I don't have- belong in here. <laughs> you start fighting. <laughs> the cop's like, yeah, hey, totally, he's totally a Claire. Oh, my. Do you think they ever, like, at one point? I, I'm so curious about that. But I doubt it's in any form of, like, tongue-in-cheek stuff. No. I'm pretty sure it's, like, maybe the the original people <laughs> who started working at that precinct. I wonder who knows and who doesn't know. Mm. Or it's like, oh God, yes, I know, Tim, that this used to be the Breakfast Club. Blah, blah, blah. They have a plaque in the in the beginning <laughs> as you enter. There it is. No, it'd be it'd be the quote from the beginning of the movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, which that quote was a uh, a David Bowie song. Yeah, changes from the album Hunky Dory, his nineteen seventy one album. Because I like years. <laughs> you and your years. I love my years. Never say anything about Leave that. Me alone. All right. Do you want to know what that quote is? Oh, oh, oh. Can I read the quote? Fine. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay. <laughs> and these children that you spit on as it too, too uh, dramatic. It feels weird not driving this thing. I'll go. Okay, I'll be more regular. I'll be normal. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> really? I get to go like over theatric? Yeah. <laughs> and these children that you spit on as they try to change their worlds are immune to your consultations. They are quite aware of what they are going through. David, David Bowie. Bowie. <laughs> 
All right, let's get into it. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, when did we get a dog? I thought I wasn't allowed to have more pets. I'm a huge hound. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Movie starts off with. That movie quote? Yes. Starting off. That song quote, yeah. Starts off with that, the, the quote. But the other interesting thing is it starts off with Brian monologuing. Yeah. Um, he's basically reading off the letter, the essay that they wrote. Right. So he's going out. 96 word essay. That was supposed to be a thousand word essay. Ooh, they, where were the other letters? Was it words or it was supposed to be letters? Thousand Or essays. I'm sorry. Did I say letter? Essays. Yeah. So it starts off with Brian reading off the beginning of the essay. Saturday. March 24th, 1984. Shermer High School, Shermer, Illinois. 60062. Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. What we did was wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. What do you care? And you see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, the most convenient definitions. You see us as a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. Correct? That's the way we saw each other at 7 o'clock this morning. We were brainwashed. And what I like about it, as Brian's monologuing it, is it's going through the whole school. Mm-hmm. So it's showing you the gym, the lockers, uh, man of the year, which turns out, uh, if you didn't notice, um, the janitor. Oh, really? Carl. He's like top class kind of thing like that. No. Turns out later on, he's a janitor. Oh, that's fun. He had it all. I didn't catch them. I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Oh no. my god. But man, how like uh just I like, I know it's you know, it's now it's nineteen eighty five and I know it's like, you know, of the era. Not to say any of it's okay. Mm-hmm. And so it's you know, pardon my phrasing and stuff like that, but like the imagery of like the noose mm-hmm. or, you know, spray painted, you know, fag on the locker. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not very uh, PC. Yeah, and that, that, that slur does like pop up one more time in the movie. I think, yeah. One or, I think one or two more yeah. times. Um, but I also like how it ends at a John Bender's locker. Oh, it's like all scribbled it, yeah, up on? Yeah, so it ends and it kind of just stops Who's, there. Whose locker was like on fire? Uh, Brian's. Oh. Yeah. We'll get to that part. Yeah. 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 Cut to Claire in the car. Mm-hmm. And she's complaining, why do I have to go to Saturday school? I didn't do anything wrong. She's a little... Um, prissy. Prissy. Little uh, prom queen, you know, if you say. A little. Uh, but her dad's like, I'll make it up to you. Oh, yeah. 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 Which is like, okay, she's going to get reward for, for going to Saturday school. Have you... Go- well, not necessarily Saturday school, but did Saturday detention. I never... I, I didn't know that there's like Saturday detention. Wouldn't it count as Saturday school, though? They didn't learn anything. Like if I were to ever go to like to summer school or something, I'm like I'm learning something. I'm oh, in a okay. class, but they were just in a detention. Detention. All right. For eight hours. Jesus. 
Yeah. Not even summer school was that long. No. Summer school was like six hours, wasn't it? Like five? If even that. Yeah. You wouldn't. Fucking hours. Eight. Imagine being the teacher or the principal in this case to pull short straw and actually like watch the f- five kids. Yeah. Five. Then it pans to Brian's car or Brian being dropped off. Mm-hmm. And his mom asks him, is this the first time or the last time? And Brian is very much of the, he's like a scholar. Yeah. Scholastic and academic. He's a, he's a nerd. 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 I don't have a button for that. Uh, he says last. Mm-hmm. His mom's like, you better find a way to do homework in there, study or something. He comes back with, we're just supposed to be sitting there. She doesn't like that response. So right there and then it kind of shows you that he has a lot of pressure Yeah. into um, getting good grades. I mean, I think just. Just being good. I, I wasn't a troublemaker in school, but. If ever I got detention, I never got suspended. I don't think I ever got detention. But if for whatever reason I got called to the office, my it felt like my world was ending. You never got detention? Don't I seem like the type who was always a good kid? I would have thought like maybe you got detention. I had, and we'll post this picture because I just found it in my old camera. But I had really long hair mm-hmm. in high school. And I, you would think, and I looked like a stoner. And, and people thought that I was. But I didn't touch, I didn't touch grass. Or marijuana or the doobage until I was like late into my seven, like 17. Oh my. Yup. Mm. I was a very late bloomer. Continue. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, 17 was around. <laughs> no, 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 no. You told me that by 16. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have 15, 16 around there. It's okay. We're not counting. Hey, you're editing. It's fine. You're going to edit your own shit. So <laughs> I could cut it out if I want to. <laughs> you just like fasten a bunch of words together. No, I am an angel. No, no. <laughs> Uh, all right then we get another view of uh andrew and he's there with his dad his dad's telling him basically it's fine everyone gets saturday school um you know the whole mom already talked to you about this i'm not going to talk to you about it anymore Hmm. but kind of is like proud of him about it yeah he kind of he's proud of him but in a way also scolds him a little bit yeah he goes how do you think this is going to look? You're not going to get a scholarship. You're not going to, are you going to miss the wrestling match? Yeah. Um. So that kind of already, he has like a little disappointment with him because he thought like, oh, cool. My dad, I got my dad's attention. I, he sees me now. Right, right. Just to get scolded and just. I, I, by the way, I, what I love about this is because like I was asking questions and you were like, just watch the fucking movie because you were trying to like t- not to to lead anything on like I had to learn for myself. Mm-hmm. Although you did like. I, I was <laughs> you really. Tell, you, t- you told a joke ahead. I was like, cut it out. Smack, smack, smack. Um, I, but like I kept writing down and then I had to scribble out because then you later find out. But like I was so, so fucking curious as to what all of their reasons mm-hmm. for being in, in detention was. Yeah. Um, then we pan to um, John Bender just walk, walking across. Yeah. At, not giving it a fuck. Nope. Sunglasses. Sunglasses on, just going on with this coat and everything. Uh, that was a cool trench coat. Yeah, it was. He had great hair. Oh my god, can we talk about his hair? Yeah, it's very voluminous too. Very voluminous. Oh my god, I'm jealous. And sunglasses. I um, when I was in my senior year of high school, I I had I just my senior year was in somewhere in Riverside, mm-hmm. and that was the only time I was out there, and I was like, I want to like totally reimagine myself. So I had like my ripped jeans and band t-shirts and aviator sunglasses, no matter if it was inside or nothing, anything. I was Mr. Sunglasses guy. Nerd. 
Yup. You're still you still wear your sunglasses indoors. That's because I forget. Time but time. I mean, like, yeah, it was intentional at the time. Mm. All right. Okay. I also have sleepy looking eyes. Got to hide these things. You got to hide the bags. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Go on. What bags? Mm. Um. All right. So John Bender then almost gets hit by Allison's parents' car, mm. but he doesn't. He doesn't care. He just keeps walking. Next, Allison comes out of the car, and she does something where, as soon as she closes the door, as soon as she closes the door, she kind of leans forward to the um, front passenger's window, and the the car just takes off. So that kind of gives you a glimpse that like they don't really care about her. They're right. just like, eh, just go. Which I find funny because later on we find out that she didn't need detention. She just needed. To, I felt like it was an escape from being at home. Yeah. Yeah. So do, okay. So then, do you think that she just she just told her mom, "Oh, oh, I got detention," mm-hmm. and made, and we later find out that she's like a compulsive liar. Yeah. And that is fun. You ever just like compulsively lie to somebody just for fun? Not like a weird thing that nobody has to know about you, but like just for fun. I think I do it when I meet new people mm-hmm. that I don't get along with. Yeah. And I'll just like change it up a bit. Oh, fun! But any, any fun backstories you give yourself? No. It depends on where they're taking the conversation because, you know, I'm very socially anxious. Yeah. So I usually let people talk and then I'll put in my little two cents. I'm just saying if you were, if we, you know, first met and you were just like to bullshit me about like, oh, yes, I actually uh, was, you know, did some time in uh, Ukraine as a ballet dancer, but it hurt my knee. I'd be like, oh, totally. Because you're tall and pale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Believable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could use, well. Let's meet someone and see how that happens. I don't want to meet people. No, I don't I'm 33, dude. I don't want to meet you people. I'm good with the ones you have. All right. Anyways, <laughs> get let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. Then this is where we kind of get them in their seats, where they're already choosing their seats in the order that they got dropped off. And as soon as John Bender walks in, he kicks Brian out from where he decided just like move this is my seat now it just takes over alpha move i mean it happens you got it Eh, sometimes um the last one to come in was allison and she (laughs) she just walks in like a hunched over raccoon just (laughs) avoiding everyone goes to for this table in the back yeah that's like sit away to turn yeah she's not even paying attention to them she's like whatever then principal vernon comes in what a cool dude um i don't know he kind of had a a barry manila vibe (laughs) that slam was so good (laughs) um but he comes in and lets them know that they're just to sit and do nothing write an essay a thousand words Mm -hmm. write a thousand word essay sit there for eight hours what was the essay supposed to be about again it was like who you think you are an essay about who you think you are yeah that's fucking impossible as a teenager you're in high school i don't even i couldn't i still don't know what i want for breakfast well i mean a little quick aside is is like in high school very rarely do you have uh an individual identity Mm -hmm. you're you're very beholden to a group identity yeah that's who i would think that i was was whoever I was, you know, friends with at the time. The I think the uh, one of the the few people that I know as far as like being a teenager that I'm like impressed about their individuality. Mm-hmm. And if she's listening, is Marlene to the point where I'm like, God damn! I wish I had that sense of individuality when I was a teen. She's badass. She's insane. Hi, Marlene. Hi, Marlene. 
name. Marlene, if you're listening to this, uh, in the comment section, text an emoji of an apple. Why an apple? Why not an apple? Go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see an apple then. Yeah. Okay. So the one thing that did kind of gross me out was uh, when Bender spits up in the air and catches it. At first, I thought he was chewing gum and he did that. Yeah. As I watched many times after that, I was like, no, that's spit. Super gross. That is spit and I don't like it. And that's probably the only time I got grossed out. Evidently, that was uh, Judd Nelson's uh, improvisation. Wow. I, you got you to gotta admit that was kind of impressive. As gross it as it was, impressive. Yeah. The fact yeah. that he caught it. Yeah. <laughs> so Vernon's telling them the roles, no talking, no moving, nothing as he's looking at Bender. Because he's already the troublemaker. Oh, my God. As the movie progresses, he gets multiple days in detention. Basically, he gets a whole year. Yeah. More months, but you might as well give him the rest of the year. Yeah, your ass is mine till the end of time or something Mm -hmm. like that, he says. But hurt people hurt people. I think Vernon has some feelings where deep down, he just needs to let them out. Past his lapels. Yeah. (laughs) But then I do like how uh, Bender is pushing his buttons. He he's like talking back, and Vernon's like, "No, That's an understatement, yeah, too. yeah." So you can kind of already tell at that that they have like a history, fair, yeah, a long history. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, okay, let's see where this goes. Did you know a kid like that in school? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. Name him. Oh, I don't want to. Uh, first name. First name. Uh, oh my God, which one do I name? I knew more than one. I think I remember one, Renee. Renee. Yeah. Just didn't give a shit. He was like very Bender-esque. Hmm. I think it was more of like just not giving a shit, but didn't really like, you know, wasn't part of any particular uh, click. Clicka. Clicka. Yeah. <laughs> Group. Uh, I think Daniel. Mm. I, mean, I knew a Daniel, and he, he was kind of like just which, which one of these characters would you say you fall into? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a guess. Allison. Yeah. 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 Guess mine. Brian. It hurts, even though I, that is what it was. <laughs> you said guess. Yeah, still hurts. I set myself <laughs> up for these things. <laughs> uh, hey, but you know what? Much like Michael C. Mike, Michael C. Hall, I knew I was going to do it. I knew I was going to fucking do where's it. Where's my $5? Damn it. <laughs> Michael Anthony Hall. Fuck. Michael C. Hall's Dexter. Whole different love. Uh, but my, much like my, Michael Anthony Hall, eh, a little bit of a glow up. I went from dweeb to, and again, you're going to see, I'm going to post on our on this uh, episodes on IG. Nerd Isaac. Are we? Does that mean I have to give you a high school photo of me? <gasps> yes. I don't. Yes. Wanna... Yes. Okay. I got to look it up. <laughs> uh, fine. So we're all seated. All seated. Vernon finally leaves. Vernon leaves. And that's when Bender starts asking everyone questions, starts kind of making fun of them, uh, poking and prodding. Yes. Can we go back a little bit? Okay. When Bender's pushing Vernon's buttons. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he tell him to eat my shorts? Eat my shorts. I didn't know people really said that shit, even though it's in a movie. Which later on gets turned into Bart Simpson's catchphrase. Catch yeah. yeah. I, I also in research found out that uh, Judd Nelson essentially made up like all of these other terms he used throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. There's like a whole list of them. I have some of them. Okay. <laughs> like, what is it? Neo Max Zune Dweeby. Everyone uses dork. Uh, oh, Wastoid. Mm-hmm. Doobage. Just nobody uses that. That one's not made Doobage. up. That, nobody uses that. Sporto. Goof. Sporto? <laughs> yeah. Hey there, Sporto. I guess that makes sense. He says to, uh, to Andrew. Andrew, yeah. yeah. All right. So he's basically picking on them mm. as a bully does. Sizing them up. Making sure. And uh, he kind of just goes at it with Claire. Yeah. He just 
he's like, what is it? Oh, you're you're virgin? And it just kind of calls her a prom queen. Um, there was a, I think there was a point where he even goes and tells Brian to hold down Claire and we'll all impregnate the prom queen. Oh my God. Yeah. I wrote that down. I was like, was that a fucking rape joke? Ugh. 80s. Yeah, well, yeah. you know what, man? Guess yeah, I guess in the 80s. We're smoking, we're smoking yeah. the doobage and making rape jokes. I guess. <sighs> Anyways, uh, so Andrew, as he is uh, the jock of the group, yeah, he stands up for her. And because jocks and pretty girls, pretty girls, popular girls, or popular girls yeah. stick together, every school has them. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't remember the a, names of any of mine. Um, I might remember some. Not the girls. Maybe the girls. I don't remember any of them. No. But the fact that Claire is the one that's getting all like. Most of the shit from Bender. Yeah. My theory right off the bat was like Bender likes Claire. You pull pull pigtails Mm -hmm. when you like somebody. Yeah. I put you down all the time because I love you. That's what I do to you too. Stupid pasty piece of shit. (laughs) I'm a ghost. I'm a ghost. (laughs) But he also makes fun of Brian. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Easy. Easy. He's a squid. Easy target. Yeah. Yeah. But throughout, not that, would, not that I would know. Throughout this whole thing, they barely kind of make fun of Allison. Yeah, he like touches a little, and then he's like, "I'm not. It's, you're not even she's worth it." So weird. Yeah, it's just like, oh no. Mm-mm. And I immediately thought that she was cute. Allison. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look who I'm married to. <laughs> I was like, I like her a lot. Pasty, shabby, uh, dark sweaters, a little gothy. Yeah. Weird and quiet. Quiet. Eats a sandwich full of pixie sticks. <laughs> you know what? I would. But but we'll leave that to when we get to the lunch part. I've seen it. When was that? Never mind. I'll get that to another day. But at this point, that's when Bender is saying, let's close the door. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have the door open. Yeah. Let's rebel a little bit. And Brian's like, no, but but Mr. Vernon said. Yes. Rules. So Bender, like the troublemaker does, mm-hmm. gets up. Takes out the screw from the door. Yeah. Walks back. It was defiling pr- public property. Yeah. It's a screw. Screws fall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What I liked about that was uh, it was like that unspoken thing in school of snitches get stitches. Mm-hmm. So nobody no ride one. each other out at no all. No one. Now everyone's riding each other out. I'm pretty sure. You think so? Yeah. Nowadays? Yeah. Hmm. Could be. Could be wrong. I don't think people are actually ratting each other out anymore. I think everyone's taking video of all this bullshit. And it's the videos that rat themselves out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We didn't have cell phones, so we couldn't really record our stuff. No, back in the day, you could have a whole you know dance montage and the, you know, the principal Vernons of the world would never know. <laughs> all right. So then Vernon comes back and he's asking questions. Who closed the door? Who did it? Mostly looking at Bender. Everyone's like, no, sir, we didn't do anything. What do you mean? The door just closed. <laughs> the thing that I find hilarious is that he asked Andrew mm-hmm. to help him move up. A... Oh. First, it's the chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that doesn't work, even though they warned him like it's too late. Specifically, Bender warns him. Bender warned him. In a very, like, I love when little troublemakers like that, when they go, where they, you know, they're goofy. I mean, just a second ago, he was telling him to eat his shorts. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, well, sir, I think that chair is too light and the door's too heavy, so it's not going to work. And he's like, rah, 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 rah. Nah, I want to prove you wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ego. Yeah. Ego. It's all ego. Or as big as his fucking lapels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then gets Andrew, after the whole chair thing, gets Andrew to help him move a magazine rack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And I believe it was Brian. No, Bender. It was Bender who goes, what about fire? Sir, what about the fire hazards? You know, I don't think safety. The, 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 yeah, the safety marshals and the fire marshals would be too happy about that in case of me. <laughs> and, then, and then Brian goes, well, I mean, there's these other doors. Yeah, <laughs> and then he, Bender just gives him that look. But it was the Andrew trying to climb over the, the magazine rack. That was hilarious because he goes, don't ruin the magazines. Yeah. Don't ruin school property. But there was a door right next next to that. I never got that either. Yeah. I'm like. Maybe it had a lock on it. You ever had those schools where it's like there's like the double, double doors, but you only went Only one, one, yeah. one locks. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, fine. I'm like, for the sake of the movie, but let's lo- just keep it. I love how Vernon has such an ego that like when uh, Bender tells him about the whole fire marshal thing and he kind of like clicks in his brain, even to much to his own chagrin, he's like. Andrew, what are you doing? What are you doing? Move the mm-hmm. ma- magazine rack. Come on, move it back over. What are you yeah. Doing? It's a safety thing, huh? Safety thing. What are you thinking? What? He like, I'm just like, what? <laughs> Even Andrew's like, what did I yeah. do? Because jocks take orders. Well, he does. Definitely he does. And so the door stays shut. Throughout the whole time. And isn't like the next sequence just them being extremely bored, just doing nothing? Oh, yeah. Right? It's just like them trying. With a pen, Brian becomes a walrus at a point, a certain point. Uh, everyone's kind of just falling asleep. Yeah. Then Vernon walks in after so much time that's passed by, and they're all like, essentially, they look like they're taking a nap. He'll, yeah. Oh, you skipped over the dandruff part. Oh, okay. Yeah, the dandruff part, and then uh, Bender sh- setting his shoe on fire. Okay. He lights his shoe. Yeah. Let's go back. Let's go back. So now this next sequence is them just being extremely bored. Oh, my God. I would be bored, too. I'm just having to sit there and not do anything. I can't. I have to be doing something. I will fall asleep. I'll lose my mind if I have something to doodle with. Mm-hmm. Speaking of doodling, I, Al, they never really, like, go back on it. But, like, Allison was very good at sketching. Yes. but And, sorry, but also <laughs> creative <laughs> because, <laughs> well, she had to add the snow. And then shakes the dander <laughs> from her hair. Fun fact, that's Parmesan cheese. I find it even more gross. Like, I think I would have preferred dander. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it kind of goes that. Then Bender lights his shoe on fire. Yeah. Just like. A troublemaker Yeah, would. just there. He's like, I'm bored. <laughs> Let me see what I can do. I think I already mentioned Wal- uh, Brian with. Yeah, the whole walrus yeah, wal- pen teeth. And then everyone's kind of just having their head down. And yeah. they look like they're asleep. They are asleep. Yeah. Yeah. You've been that bored. Where you're just, I, the last time I was that bored is uh, one of my first jury duty things. Mm. And I didn't bring anything to entertain myself. And I was staring at a wall bored. Oh, my God. I, I just fall asleep. Room full of people just coughing, you know, in the background. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no. God. The times that I did have detention, I think, were like very few. And the times that I did have to go to Saturday school because I decided to ditch a lot in high school. Um, I was bored. Completely bored. I was yawning. I was falling asleep. Yeah. And I would shift in my seat, Ugh. which made it seem like I had to go to the bathroom. Oh. But I didn't have to go. It just made me antsy, like, not to, like, yeah. do anything. Yeah. So. They all fall asleep. Yeah, they all fall asleep. Vernon walks back. Mm-hmm. He asks them, who has to go to the bathroom? They all raise their hands. <laughs> who, they don't even sit up. They just they <laughs> just raise their hands. Because I, I figure that they, like, are legitimately all knocked down in all their different positions. Mm-hmm. What a good comic beat. What a good comedic beat. And then everyone, without moving Same anything, time. just their yeah. hands, shoot their hands up. That was good. So a little fun fact, and, and I'll go through some of them, right, just to rattle it off. But 
there were there's essentially a director's cut that mm-hmm. there's no other evidence of that no one else has other than John Hughes's widow. Um, and among some of these cuts is for this particular uh, part of the movie, there's supposed to be like an extended scene uh, where you actually get to see them all respectively going to the bathroom. The girls get like two minutes. The, uh, the boys get two minutes. The girls get three minutes. Um, and just a couple of other stuff happens. Like I think Allison is <laughs> eating chips on the toilet. Where she get the chips from? I don't know. Maybe her bag of wonders. But um, no. there's a couple of other things like later on in the movie, they're supposed to go get sodas and Bender actually shakes up one of the sodas and Allison's the one that gets the, that soda. <gasps> but I mean, I'm not going to go through all of them, but yeah. yeah, there's there's a couple of things that were cut out. Oh, one of which, I actually will read this one. One of which was a dream sequence that we never got. And I'm glad that we didn't get because it's super fucking random. Uh, in the dream sequence, it's Allison imagines Andrew as a gluttonous Viking, Bender as a prisoner, Claire as a bride, Brian as an astronaut, and herself as a vampire. <laughs> I think there's even like one where there's like uh, there's random things like cars, naked women, Godzilla, beer, and fighter planes and stuff like that. This movie did not need mm. that a dream sequence. No. there's mm-hmm. But what was in the movie, and I'll bring it up uh, when we get to it, there's a few things in this movie that I actually think this movie would have been stronger without oh okay then it's lunchtime mm-hmm. <laughs> what a good scene did you drink milk when you were at school yeah yeah chocolate milk i never did the regular chocolate milk. i would try to not drink milk while i was at school mm. it doesn't settle really now well. for me now if you want like fireworks to go off in the back door for me Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, feed me a glass. That's how I know if you, you take a sip of my coffee, you're like, what? <laughs> Just have me sniff milk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done for. <laughs> um, it's lunchtime, so everyone kind of is taking uh, whatever lunches they packed. In order goes Claire, and she takes out this little sushi, sushi box. Fun fact, it was supposed to be something else. I forget what it was, some like mm-hmm. normal-ass food, but um, it was uh, Ali Sheedy, Allison, mm-hmm. uh, who suggested... That uh, sushi would be more uh, bougie. Ooh, food. Yeah, bougie. Got it. Okay. And, and and speaking of like suggestions and stuff like that, evidently John Hughes was uh, very open to actors' uh, improvisations and their suggestions. Like the quote was actually suggested. The quote in the beginning of the movie was a suggestion from Al, Al- Allison Ali. from yeah. Ali Sheedy. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. It, what's cool about that? It makes it makes the movie more of a collaboration. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to Claire, mm-hmm. and she um, she's basically setting up her lunch, sushi. And Bender is looking over her shoulder <laughs> like, what is that? Kind of like disgust, but yeah. also has curiosity. And she explains it. He's like, you're going to eat that? But the way that he says it and his actions, like how he's act, like moving his hands, he's like, all right. I couldn't imagine anyone else in the, in the role. Like I know um... – I know Emilio Est. No, no, not Emilio Estevez. Well, yeah, Emilio Estevez originally was supposed to play Bender, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Hughes needed someone to play Andrew, so he jumped into the Andrew role. Mm-hmm. And then it was John Cusack who's going to get considered for Bender, and then it dropped out last second. Um, and and as far as consideration for the role, Nicholas mm-hmm. Cage, but I don't think he would have brought what Judd Nelson brought, which no. was. This bad boy attitude with this like underlying sense of vulnerability mm-hmm. and curiosity and appreciation kind of for these people, you know, because, yeah, he's like running his mouth and running his mouth. But in this moment, he puts all this shit aside because he's like genuinely curious about the uncooked fish that Claire's about to eat. 
Oh, yeah. The disgust, though. That is just amazing. You like sushi? I do, yeah. At one point, you didn't. At one point, I didn't, but I think that's more of a texture thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before you realized your ick. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want sushi again. I haven't no. had it in a long time. Yeah. Um, what Did Bender, uh, he didn't have any food, did he? No. No. Um, so then after, it's Andrew, and he brings out this big brown paper bag. Oh, the grocery, grocery bag. Grocery bag. Yeah. And it's sandwiches, like I think three or four, a big bag of chips. And how he pulls things out and it makes it seem like, oh, that's it? He goes, no, there's still more. <laughs> and he just reaches in. Yeah, yeah. And until finally he's like, oh. And Bender's like, oh, just a regular lunch. Kind of skips it. Then it goes to Allison. Allison oh. has this bologna sandwich. I'm not sure if it's, it's the meat. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, it's like pickle loaf, like pickle loaf meat or something. Yeah, something like that. Ugh. Throws it, sticks out on the statue, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. And that's when she starts to to open the the pixie sticks Ugh. and just put it on there. And I'm yeah. just like, which is real, by the way. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as she opens her coke and everything, she's just like there. Oh, ew! And she like sips on some of the coke and like washes yeah. it. Blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gets Captain uh, some Captain Crunch, puts it on there. Back, uh, finally finishes the sandwich. It, yeah, and takes a bite. But how she's holding the sandwich is like a weird, Ugh. like a kid <laughs> trying to hold a big sandwich. And part of any healthy, balanced, well nutritious breakfast. Yeah, I would probably do the same thing, taking a bite of that sandwich and looking at you like, hmm? oh god. I uh, think I just would have immediately went to go puke after that. Yeah. Cake. Did she? No. I oh, you would have? Though. Yeah. Oh. Um, and everyone's kind of like, okay. <laughs> they look kind of like, oh. what is going on? This is disgusting. I love the way they all look back at her. Just like, uh. <laughs> they put all their shit aside and they're just in awe of this like extremely weird mm-hmm. eccentric girl. And then finally Bender goes, all right, Brian, what are we having? What did mom pack us? Because he's a bully. Mm-hmm. Pulls out with some soup. I believe it was a sandwich, yeah. an apple, and milk. <laughs> Basic. All the food groups. Yeah. Apple apple juice? Oh, oh apple juice. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, I know. Uh, I could read. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just the fact that... I like that Brian's mom made him like a lunch. Sure. And it was nutritious. Yeah. But the way he's like... Mocks his family. Like, he... Like, after that, he's yeah. just like... Here's my impression of life at Big Bry's house. Son? Yeah, Dad? How's your day, pal? Great, Dad. How's yours? Super. Say, son, how'd you like to go fishing this weekend? Great, Dad. But I've got homework to do. That's all right, son. You can do it on the boat. Gee. Dear... Isn't our son swell? Yes, dear. Isn't life swell? Oh. Oh. <sighs> but when Andrew stands up for him, just basically like, don't, hey, like quit it. But he also makes a Bender act out how his family is. Yeah. And once that happened, I'm just like, oh, okay. 
That's the other thing I knew about this movie was that monologue, mm. that whole bit. All right. What about your family? Oh, mine? Yeah. It's real easy. Stupid, worthless, no good, goddamn freeloading son of a bitch, retarded, big mouth, know-it-all asshole jerk. You forgot ugly, lazy, and disrespectful. Shut up, bitch! Go fix me turkey pot pie. What about you, Dad? Fuck you. No, Dad. What about you? Fuck you! No, Dad! What about you? Fuck you! Heartbreaking. Yeah. And it was real. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Although Andrew questions it. And then Bender presents him with a, a cigar, cigar burn. burn. Mm-hmm. Did you have? Did you ever know someone in school that, that had cigar burns? No, cigar, cigarette, or just or, any kind of like home abuse? Yeah. No, I mean, it, kids don't really talk about their feelings mm. like that. That's that was one of the things about this movie where I was like, I know it's a movie, and I know you need the drama, and you know you have like you know uh, uh, conflict, and you need resolution. But kids, kids didn't talk about their shit. You know, all just mm. buried it and. Then you develop a sense of humor like me and you start two podcasts. Oh, but did you ever like notice? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I didn't I don't think I knew of anybody that actually like had to deal with any home abuse. Did you ever like notice it on people? No. 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 Or you know, school of Hispanics, you know where to spank, spank your kids. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> or if they, they're not there for like about a whole week. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Oh, yeah. you know what? <gasps> Is that what happened to James? I'm oh, kidding, I don't know. No. <laughs> um you know, my question though is because like Bender is he's bullshitting a lot. He's a lot of a lot of bark. Mm-hmm. Um and I will I will give him credit. He's very good and quick on his improv skills, although, you know, it is a written movie, scripted movie. But do you think that uh Bender's uh, telling of his home life is real? Do you think he was stretching anything? Do you think he was making anything up? No, I think it's real. I, at that at that moment in the movie, I was like, nah, he's probably just making it up. But then, you know, towards the end, I was like, well, maybe he's telling the truth. But no. I, I was really questioning it in that very moment. I think it's real because I knew someone in school who had something similar. But yeah, they would show up kind of like, mm. uh, not, not hit in the face, but you can tell like. Shit went down. Yeah. Or like bruised up. Like, you know, when somebody grabs you on yeah. the arm, kind of like that. Um but yeah, other than that, I I do think that Bender's scene is real, just because I I did know people who kind of had the, well why why weren't you here for about a couple of days? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was sick. You don't sound sick. Yeah, kind of thing. But or oh, what time is it this time? Oh crap, I'm late. I'm in so much trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so for me that that scene was real. Did we mention, by the way, that uh, uh, Vernon uh, sent Allison and Andrew to go get the sodas from the teacher's lounge? No, I think I was too excited about the sushi. I was. I remember being in school, and anytime you had to go to the teacher's lounge for, like, you know, to get something from it, it was like, mm-hmm. ooh, it's like a special place that no one else teacher's has. Teacher's lounge. Yeah, you, you can't go to, ooh. But what? I guess you're a senior in high school. I don't think it's as exciting. No. High school have a, te- a teacher's lounge? Yeah. <laughs> I think every school has a teacher's lounge. Somewhere to escape the kids? I thought they'd just lock the door. Sometimes. Yeah. Eh. 
But sorry, I, I cut you off. So going back to it, so Bender has his own whole scene and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So after that, uh, Bender cools down, and mm. the next scene is them roaming the halls. Thanks to Bender. But Vernon is walking around the halls, too. Did you notice Vernon had a limp? Yes. Why? I don't know. Well, better ask. Continue. Yeah. If you know if Vernon had it, why had Vernon had a limp? Had Let us know. Yeah. Uh, so they're running around, um, and this is ho- this whole like little. It was very much a uh, Scooby Doo missing each other in the hallways montage yes. sequence. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. To get to uh, Bender's locker. Yeah, just to get the weed. It's grass, man. Doobage. Okay, fine. Doobage. Um, Do you remember when when I was asking you, like, "Hey, you got any? You got any pot? You got any bud?" You're like, "It's just weed, babe." Weed. I don't know what you kids call it. Like, it's just weed. (laughs) Weed. Bill, Mary Jane. What? Yeah, I do remember you asking me a couple times, like, "Do Do you have the the this?" Is we going to be legal in California next year? I thought I already was. Or uh, not legal? Um, Companies can't test you for it. I heard about that. Is that real? Is that true? Uh, if that's real, hit us up in the comment section. He finally got the weed. He sh- um, he's they're walking, but they going the went to the wrong direction. They went the wrong way, and because see- of Andrew, they were listening to Andrew, and I love in that moment because Claire was like, she wants she wants to go with the group, but she also wants Bender to come with them, and she's like, so they hit a dead end. But Vernon is closing in. No, he yeah, Vernon's closing in. Bender shoves. Bender shoves the weed in Brian's pants because no one is <laughs> going to check Brian. He's a goody two shoes. I, I love later on where Bender just totally goes like, well, Mr. Vernon, well, Brian has weed in his pants. <laughs> oh, my God. But Vernon doesn't take Great. that. He's like, yeah. what? No, because you're stupid. You're just talking shit. Bender's smart. Yeah. Bender is smart. Bender's, I think, he, smarter than all of them. Yeah. Um, he sees past all of their bullshit. As a smart person would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's when he tells the group, you go go back, I'll, I'll be the distraction. If this were a, a, a Tarantino film, this chapter would be called Bender Sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads to him, to Vernon hearing a basketball in his face. He's like, Bender. Oh, man, yeah. He, he knows who it is. Bender was wearing someone's uh, Air Jordans. Yeah, Uh and then uh, <laughs> Vernon hears, I want to be a rescue ranger. Yes. Making all the kinds of noise in the hall. All the noise. And Vernon is just like, why? Bender. Why? Yeah. <laughs> he thought he was going to have just a Saturday doing paperwork. Yeah. Whatever. Wrong. Finally finds him in the gym wearing uh, somebody else's. Air Jordans. Yeah. You just don't mess with another man's kicks. Finally, they have a little back and forth bender messing with vernon to this point is so fucking good he psychs him out he's like give me the ball and he like makes to like throw it at him yeah i like the flinch he flinches he's like oh two for flinching yeah <laughs> but then he's trying to get his shoes oh yeah but vernon kind of is he's like in the way. You, you can't you can't he keeps moving finally gets the shoes i am not sure if at that point vernon decides to just be like i am going like i'm not sure if he is going, he's already thinking of what he's going to tell Bender when they get back to the library. No, I think he just yelled at him in like in a, in a whole wave mm-hmm. of passion. But once he gets back to the library, 
he basically just... I will not be made a fool of. Yeah, he belittles him to where Bender is kind of just like, oh, I'm going to talk back. Well, he boasts a little bit, right? Yeah. He's like... You know, he's he's boasting about him being successful as he throws Bender in the, essentially like a storage closet mm-hmm. before he locks him in. Be, uh, Vernon's laying in on Bender. And the thing is, like, I will give credit to Vernon that he knows how much of a piece of shit uh, Bender is, even though Bender hears it from everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think at the beginning of the movie, uh, Andrew calls out Bender for like, you don't count. Yeah. You know, if you were to just die, nobody would care. Mm-hmm. So Bender's been hearing this this whole time. And now you're seeing the beauty of, of uh, Judd Nelson's acting because these words hurt. And everything Vernon is throwing at him, he's flinching at it, at all of these, these verbal mm-hmm. attacks. He's, the sting, it stings. It's like he just can't take it anymore. Like, he do, he's like his, his mask is like falling. Yeah. And, and it kind of, and Vernon knows this type of person because Vernon boasts that uh, he's been doing this job for 22 years. And that he has a thirty-one thousand, you know, dollar a year. It's a thirty-one thousand mm-hmm. dollar a year job salary. Salary, um, and he has uh, his house and he has a car. So he's success. This is what success looks like. Yes, you know, and throws it in his face. And knows what kind of a piece of shit this kid is. That he'll that he'll and throw a clip in here. Knock your dick in the dirt. All right, I'll throw that clip in there. And threatens him, mm-hmm. like. Thre- like physically threatens hit him. Hit me. Hit me. Because he knows that Bender is all fucking bark and absolutely zero bite. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think he's all bark, no bite because of how his home life is? Or kind of like how our Fight Club episode was, does he fuck around and find out? Or he just... No, I think he. I, I think that type of person has discovered that you can pick on the smaller person, but mm-hmm. if anyone is your size or bigger, then that because in the beginning, when when Bender's pushing everyone's buttons and Andrew's standing up for you know respectively everybody, um, they start to go toe toe to toe. Oh, he Andrew puts, puts him in a headlock. Puts him in a headlock. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, well, you know, I could, I'll totally take you, and at that point, takes a couple steps back and and produces a switchblade. Which apparently Judd Nelson actually carried on him for protective reasonings, and sticks into the table, and then like walks off because he got found out yeah. that he was all bark and zero bite. I think I said it about four times now. All right. Vernon fucking rubs it in his face, tells him fucking hit me, and he doesn't do it. And and at this point, I'm kind of proud of Vernon because yeah, the kids are being you know little shits, little mm-hmm. assholes, especially Bender. You know, it sucks for the reasonings why he's he is who he is. Mm-hmm. But you know, there does there. I've grown up, Elva, <laughs> as one should. Yeah, and and I'm no longer that teenager who's like adults suck. Like, no, you need some uh, discipline. Mm-hmm. Put him in his place, didn't he? Now I don't know if it's right to lock a kid in the closet. I think or, that may be wrong. Or, or to tell him you're going to beat his dick into the dirt. Yeah, but whatever it worked. But that didn't stop Bender from being in the closet because. I'm Bender. <laughs> uh, right after he's he finds a way out. Yeah, through the ceiling. Yeah, up, up through the drop ceiling. Yeah, I'm just like, how does that gonna hold your body all the time? And is starting a joke to himself, and I was so bummed out because I love I love jokes. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then falls through the ceiling, and you never get to hear that punchline. So then I looked into it, and evidently it never had a punchline. What if... It was a jokey improv. Yeah. 
It would have been fun if the punchline is him falling into the floor. No, no punchline to that naked lady joke. Yeah. And of course, Vernon hears the ruckus. Mm -hmm. So he comes in and basically says exactly that. What's the ruckus? Uh, But at that point, Bender is underneath the table. Under Allison's table. No, Claire. You keep mixing them up. Damn it. (laughs) And uh, she's kind of kicking him because he's a boy. And looking, and you get a POV upskirt shot. Yeah. I have a, okay, a quick aside. And this is why, like, I wrote this down. I have a little bit of a problem with, like, you know, movies and shows where there's, like, teen sex and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, it's a little uncomfortable. They're underage. At, specifically, Molly Ringwald is technically underage mm-hmm. in the scene. So we have an adult person looking upskirt. I don't know if that was actually her upskirt. I but- didn't really look further into that. But she had a, a someone step in for her when it was like those types of scenes because she was underage. I hope it was a stand-in. That'd be very weird. But like, it's one of those things. For instance, Euphoria. I'm probably never going to watch Euphoria. Oh yeah, I don't think you you will like that one. No, no. And there is it was produced by The Weekend. Mm. Yeah, and uh, that is a very like a highly sexual show, and I know all the actors are of age. Mm-hmm. But it's weird to look at that show and them simulate essentially underage sexual yeah, like stuff. Sex sex and drug abuse. Yeah. All this other stuff. So I I got a, like a personal problem with that. I know you're like, well, they're of age, but mm-hmm. it's this weird mixed gray line. Yeah. That's just me. It's fine. You got your own opinion. Yeah. Oh, do you like all the teen underage teenage no, sexual I don't. <laughs> But I did watch Euphoria. <laughs> And it was, I don't know, it made me feel gross. Yeah, I mean, I think it was intended to make you feel gross, yeah. but it was like, because of the, it was teenagers in high school. I was like, well, that's really fucked mm-hmm. up. But else, um, anyways. I digress. Then that's uh, right after we get that upskirt shot. He kind of puts his head a little bit more into her <laughs> between our legs. And... That's when she kind of like kicks, kicks yeah. him a little harder, and he makes a noise, and they, they all start like coughing to and, cover up. Yeah, like, and then and then they say like, "Oh, you mean that ruckus? Was that the ruckus? That's the, the ruckus? The, the, the yeah, Hooper and Hollerin. Yeah, but Vernon's kind of like, um, I already dealt with Bender. I'm yeah. not gonna deal with you guys. Yeah. I'm had it for the day. Storms out and has uh, the toilet gasket, <laughs> the the paper the seat liner. Oh, that's right. But it's like tucked in such a way that I'm like, how the fuck do you get your the gasket tucked in your fucking pants that deep? And it's it looks like it's not even ripped. It's no, just like it's perfectly perfect. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, oh boy, how do you shit? How did you get the perfect? <laughs> um, that's when uh, Bender gets out and Claire starts hitting him. Yeah, yeah, as you like, would. Yeah, like she, you can tell she's like, first you make fun of me for being who I am. Now this, yeah, and then, um. After that, that's when Bender goes to Brian, and he's like, "Give me the weed," mm-hmm. and that's kind of where the fun starts. Ah, doobage. The doobage. But there was one person that uh, didn't want to partake in it, Claire. Oh yeah, Claire didn't want to do anything. Did you succumb to any pressures of conformity when you were in school? When it came to stuff like that, you already said you you uh, you, uh skipped. I ditched. Ditched. Mm-hmm. Is that the term? I don't know. <laughs> I did school. I think 
the pressure was, I think, uh, ditching school. See, yeah, for me, the pressures were, I didn't never ditch, but the pressures were like, again, when I was 17, I was like, okay, I guess I'll try this. Yeah. It was the, f- I think it was the first time I did it. That one failed. Um, but it was, but then I tried again and I was like anxious because mm. I'm like, oh crap, they're going to call my dad. Yeah. And he's going to come home. He's going to come and he's like, where were you? Or he's going to pick me from school because technically I would be got picked That's up. That's right, yeah. And then I would probably have to lie, but I don't know if they called him at work or not. Oh, so you actually got in trouble for that? I don't, I, don't, I never got in trouble for ditching. Oh, sorry. Badass over here. Um, I did have to do Saturday school <laughs> for ditching. Oh, man. I married a fucking detention person. Mm-hmm. I still think it's I one of those it. things that people yeah. have to experience. What did you think about that whole scene? The marijuana dancing scene? Yeah. Um, Very 80s? Very 80s. It was very 80s to the point where I kind of rolled my eyes and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is just of the time and I just have to wait for it to be over. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was fun to see them high. Like, it hilarious. It's always hilarious, especially mm-hmm. like during a time when weed's not legal. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Nowadays, like kids are doing it in school because they're vaping. Oh, God. But they're like, they're hotboxing the library. And not only that, but Andrew is hotboxing, what is it, like the foreign foreign language section? Yeah. So the other problem I had, it had some problems with the movie where they could have taken it out. Yeah. After he does a little dance and stuff like that and, he, and his parkour <laughs> and he comes back in into the that room to hotbox it some more and starts to sing and then the glass breaks. And I was like, uh, that was out of place. I was like, he did not close the door hard enough for that to break. No, he didn't close it and then it broke. He closed it and then he sang and it's singing broke it. Uh. And when I researched all our little fun facts... I discovered that um, Hughes wished he would have taken that out of the movie. Oh. So I'm like, aha. Yeah. Right. It it did feel a little off. I'm like, what? It's super out of place. It felt cartoony. Like, this isn't that type of movie. Mm-hmm. There's a point where they're talking about- Getting laid. Getting laid. He's like, yeah, no, I got, I got yeah, laid. Yeah, I got laid. A, a girlfriend out in uh, Canada, uh, up north. north a Canada, Canada girlfriend. Yeah. By the, by the way, I love uh, uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Did I say Michael Anthony Hall a little while ago? Is it Michael Anthony Hall or Anthony, Anthony Michael Hall? Anthony Michael Hall. Okay. I have to give note to his performance. I love how he plays this like meandering, stuttering, uh, this kid. Yeah. I can relate. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So he's uh, he's kind of boasting about getting laid. He gets laid a bunch. Bender's like, oh yeah, do you? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Is that right? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Claire's not looking. Mm-hmm. And then he motions. To Claire. To her. But even though he didn't, she didn't see... So that Bender can see, and he goes, "Oh yeah," and Bender calls him out on the spot because mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh yo, whoa, Brian, you just stepped over a line. Now you're being creepy. Now you're you're insinuating that you had sex with somebody who obviously has not had sex at all, or with you of all people." And Bender calls him out on it. Oh, definitely. Now I don't know if Bender calls him out on it because he likes Claire, or if just to put you know Brian I, on the spot. I think it's because Bender knows Brian's not going to get you anywhere. And he's also some kind of bully, so he's trying to put him in the hot seat. <laughs> and that's when um, Claire turns around, and's like, "No, tell me what are you what are you guys talking about?" And Brian did not want to say anything. Yeah. Brian was like, "No," because he wanted to be part of like the cool kid club. Yeah, only to find out that he gets outed as he's still a virgin. Yeah, but Claire's like, "That's totally fine. Like, I, I don't judge you for it." Yeah, it's totally fine to be a little bit of a late bloomer. Some people didn't lose their virginity in high school, okay? <laughs> um, but ever since then, after that, you know, I've been, I've been laid a bunch of times, Alba. 
Yeah. Yeah. Lo- lo- loads of uh, loads of ladies. Loads of ladies. All Canada. <laughs> Some of them. Okay. <laughs> then there's a scene where it's only Allison and Andrew, mm-hmm. and he kind of tells her, um, "It's okay. You don't have to act tough. Mm-hmm. You don't have to lie." I think he even tells her like, "Well, home life is never ideal." Yeah. So it's kind of like an underlying tone of everyone has some mm-hmm. imperfect home life. Yeah. That's where Allison and Brian kind of have a moment because they both talk a, a little bit about their parents. But in a way, she gets offended. Mm-hmm. I think it just may be too much for her. And she just walks away. Yeah. And Andrew's kind of like, what did I do? What did I say? Then we go to Andrew and Brian laughing. Mm-hmm. And Allison is hanging out over by a statue. And they start talking about middle names. No, no, you don't have middle name. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Allison takes interest to this. And so she goes and sits down. And they both kind of look confused. Like, they, they're like, why is she sitting down? Because she's been kind of quiet the whole time. Yeah. Very little words kept to herself. And I hate that, like, being quiet is looked at as weird. Mm-hmm. But then Allison starts to talk. Your middle name is Ralph, as in puke. Your birth date's March 12th. You're five nine and a half. You weigh 130 pounds. And your social security number is 049-380913. And then Andrew's impressed. He's like, oh. I think he's more freaked out than impressed. You just rattle off someone's social security number. You're going to be like, yo, what the fuck? But then he questions her. He's like, are you psychic? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> oh, he's high. He's high. <laughs> and also how she's dressing. She's kind of mysterious and stuff. Yeah. Uh, she says no. That's when Allison reaches into her bag and pulls out the wallet, which is Brian's wallet. Brian asks her to give it back. But she kind of doesn't want to give it back. Mm-hmm. Because if we notice throughout the whole movie, she kind of takes <laughs> things and puts it in you know, hides it away like a little, like a squirrel or a klepto. Yeah, some people would call it amongst a bunch of other things. She is, <laughs> but she also gets called a thief at that moment, mm. and she's like, "No, I'm multi talented." Mm-hmm. I but there's uh, right after she she goes, "There's two bucks and a beaver shot in there." Oh yeah, it kind of reinforced Brian being a bit of a creep. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah, kind of like oh. You have a nude in your wallet. Just, yeah. Do you just carry a nude in your wallet? No, I never carried nudes in my wallet. Not you. Yeah. No, it was, yeah. uh, it was it's between the drawers. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like day. a phone. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now it's, oh, God. So accessible. I had to be a kid back then. Or to be a kid now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they kind of ask her, well, kind of like, what else is in this bag? But she dumps it out right in front of them. Yeah. They're just like, what is all this stuff? You, you carry all this stuff? And she kind of... I don't know if she got offended. Yeah, Andrew says something. Yeah. She kind of starts to gather her stuff and go. But I feel like she doesn't get everything. Oh, there's panties in there. <laughs> Were they Claire's? I don't know. There are some ones. But they're there. Which I found kind of odd. Yeah. She says something about running away. She's like, whenever I'm ready to run away. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And then walks away. Then it cuts to Claire and Bender. And it cuts to him using one of those makeup brow brushes to oh, brush yeah. his teeth. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, what? But but Claire doesn't care because she's high as well. Yeah, she's high. But she's looking through his wallet. It was like a weird part of the yeah. movie where like everyone's looking through each other's bags. 
and their wallets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's when she finds a picture of a girl and she's like, what are these? Is this your girlfriend? Oh. Yeah. And then that's when he goes, well, some I consider my girlfriends. Some are just, and he never really finishes it right yeah. there and then. That's why I wrote down monogamy versus polygamy. I, I can see both of their sides of it. Yeah. It's so I remember being a virgin and you put this thing on a pedestal and it, it's like, oh my God, my whole life is leading to this one thing. And then when you finally have it, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And as you grow older, you're like, oh, sometimes it doesn't have to, you know, have to do with just love. Like it could, you, you can, you know, get a few little uh, yeah. buddies on the Cl- side. Yeah. Because Claire goes and she says, don't you believe in one man and one woman? Right. That little part of the conversation kind of ends and he I, he kind of steers it away. Mm-hmm. And he's like looking through her purse and asks her, do you carry all of this? And it's like makeup and whatnot that girls carry. Mm-hmm. Everyone carries different things. Yeah. And yours, you have like a knife. I think there's a gun and shrunken head. I don't even know what I have in mind, to be honest. Miniature Ouija board. No, I don't want one of those around me. <laughs> Please and thank you. I'm good. At this point, uh, going back to Allison, I had wrote down like is, I know she's a klepto a bit. And I know that she is a compulsive liar. But the way, I know, and I know she's sort of like portraying her character as like being quote unquote weird, mm-hmm. right? Being quirky. But um in today's standards, I feel like she might be a little on the spectrum because hmm. she sits away from people yet at the same time has nothing to do, you know, so goes to detention. That's true. Maybe a little social anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. That just makes my, sense. Just, just my observation. So at this point, Andrew does go up to Allison because he kind of wants to apologize and for whatever the hell it was that he says, but she, uh, Allison shuts right back down mm-hmm. and he's like, well, you just dumped all your shit from your bag a second ago. You know, so it's like I think of everyone, Allison is, and it's this is this can be argued, but I think Allison is like the most closed off person because she compulsively lies and stuff like that. So it was like a moment where she felt like part of the group, where she opened up, and because in this moment of vulnerability, Andrew, you know, slighted her, mm-hmm. even though he didn't know what he offended her with, did she close back up like a clam? I, I can relate to that. Right, yeah, oh, hundred percent you. That's that's why I think this character is is absolutely you, minus the you know Captain Crunch and Pixie Stick sandwich. I would not want to try it. No, Mm -mm. not that I would know, but yeah. (laughs) So I think at this point, um, everybody is sort of like coming together and they're sitting in this this circle. And this scene, this scene is the movie. Once Andrew kind of goes to her and kind of like like what you just said. It kind of gets them together, kind of realizing that they all start having something in common. Yeah. But then it cuts to Vernon in in the basement. Yeah, with uh, Carl, Carl. the janitor, Mm -hmm. which we we had forgot to mention earlier, but Carl does pop in to do his Saturday duties. I don't think he was aware that the kids were there on detention, for detention. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm kind of glad he wasn't like picking his nose or scratching his butt. Um, But the the sort of like little joke that they kind of threw in there was that Brian is such a nerd that, of course, he would know the janitor. Because you said earlier that Carl, back in the day, was like, was the jock or, you know. Yeah. The, the main man on campus yeah, kind of thing. The yeah. popular kid. Um, So Vernon is kind of now, at this point, looking through these old files at the basement. The restricted files. The restricted files that I don't even think Vernon has access to. Well, I mean, obviously he, he does. Has, he has access to, but he's not allowed to, yeah. to look through them. Um, and so Carl blackmails him, 
Carl pops up and kind of like scares him. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then blackmails him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For a whopping 50 bucks. 50 bucks. You know. It's, back then, 50 bucks is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, really? 50 bucks? Okay. 50 bucks is 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. But it's how Carl kind of comes back at Vernon. Like, you were there at that age. Yeah, they're sitting down and they're having a few beers. <laughs> I don't know where they got the beers. I'm pretty sure Carl yeah, has yeah, yeah. them somewhere. <laughs> How dare you assume? But they're they're throwing some back and they're having this like existential moment where I'm going to give credit to Carl because and nothing against the custodial individuals, but he, you know, life's success isn't that you have the $32,000 uh job mm-hmm. and a house and a car. It's just knowing yourself. You know, and and he's having in this conversation. He's going back and forth, and he asks Vernon, like, "What did you want to be when you were their age? What did you want to be when you grew up?" He's like, "I wanted to be John Lennon." Yeah, I wanted to be John Lennon. That's what I wanted to be. But you know, he's asking him, like, "How would you have looked at yourself at that age?" And I think that's that's a question. Like, as you grow older, just as a general person, you know, are you the person now that your young self would be comfortable with? That's a big question. That's an existential mm-hmm. question, and that's. I think that's also mirrored uh, in, a, in a later scene, like a minute or three after that, where the kids are asking themselves, what do you think what happens when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And one of my, I think one of my favorite lines, personal favorite lines in the movie is, I think Allison says, I think that your heart dies. Yes. But I, I, like, I like that Carl is throwing like these wise words to Vernon. Because Vernon needs to hear it. You know, he's, he's, he's too far stuck up his ass. Success is not the money in your job. I mean, to quote like Fight Club uh, a couple episodes ago, it's like, you are not your job. You are not the car you drive. Mm-hmm. You're not the house that you live yeah. in. Yeah. Because he knows. he's He's been through it. He is speaking from experience. Yeah. For Vernon to kind of just like, well. Chill the hell out. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm not getting through to you. You figure it out on your own. You're not happy. You have to figure that shit on your yeah. own. Yeah. Because I think, I think even though Bender needed to hear what Vernon threw his way, mm-hmm. it was just that side of over the line where I was like, oh, okay, okay, now you're going to like, you know, emotionally traumatize this kid, like fuck. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I want to say, and I don't, you know, a little bit of an off- offshoot though, right? Everyone's saying what a wasteoid Bender is, right? What a useless person, he doesn't count, all this other stuff. Um, hell, even in, in a, a deleted scene or, or uh, instead of Bender walking to school, he was supposed to be dropped off by his dad and then in that deleted scene, his dad was supposed to throw his lunch at him, right? And he was supposed to yell at him, you're not even worth this lunch meat, mm. right? Which, you know, it, it helped in a way Bender developed his like sense of humor, his sense of survival and stuff like that. And I think of all of the people that are there, Allison, Andrew, Claire, and Bender... I think that uh, Bender could have been the most successful one because I think that he could have been a comedian. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, his upbringing is comedians' backstories, you know? Um, I think it was even said that they they wanted to have some sort of like, not necessarily alternate and en- not alternate ending, but like an explanation of where they end up mm-hmm. later on in life. And that like, Allison's a poet, not a good one, <laughs> but a poet. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think they even say that, like, Brian ends up dying of, like, a heart attack from stressing too much. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I forget what what Bender ends up as far as like how they wrote it off in some alternate thing. But I personally want to think in my brain that he ends up being a comedian. A comedian? The, yeah, because this is also during like the 80s, the late 80s is, is part of this uh, comedy resurgence, comedy renaissance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if Bender was a real person, he would have flourished. He would have been top dog in the comedy world. Hmm. I think he probably... He would have been like the Eddie Murphy. Could be. Yeah. Would have been a rock star. He, no, not Eddie Murphy. He would have been Andrew Dice Clay. I think he would have joined the armed forces to get right out of there right away. Oh, I think that is what what the alternate ending is. He he joins the because I would not stay if I was at that spot. You want to leave because he he doesn't. Yeah. He's doing everything so he can continue to go on Saturdays, even though he's making a face like I don't want to go. Yeah, I found that weird. I found that very weird. I'm like, like, why he, would you just like he wants to spend as little time as possible at home? Yeah. So I think as soon as he graduates. The next that he's right out of there he doesn't matter. But to close off what um, Vernon and Carl were talking about, the last thing that Carl says to Vernon's like, "These kids are going to be taking care of us when we're older." Oh yeah, and that's when kind of Vernon's like, "Well, crap," and it's like, "Well, it's kind of true," because he's treating he doesn't know how long Bender is going to be, so he's like, "Oh, okay, so crap, I'm going to get taken care of by Bender mm-hmm. as payback or a Bender." It's true. So then we get to that circle. Yep. That famous circle scene. And like I said, that circle makes the movie. Yes. Because it's it's your resolve. And it's finally where you get to learn why the hell everyone is in detention. Mm-hmm. That's when they start talking about, what would you do if you had a million dollars? And Andrew, I want to do as little as possible. But Claire's like, that's boring. Why would you do that? Which, what would you do if you had a million dollars? Um... You know, like when people talk about winning the lottery, they're like, I'd buy a house and a car and all this other stuff. Then they end up like not having that money, mm-hmm. right? So let's say I earned the the million dollars. Um, I, I would appreciate it more and I would I would probably invest part of it. I would get myself a, a decent car, a decent house. You know, those comforts, like the things that you would typically worry about, mm-hmm. I would make sure that I don't worry about them. I would get cows. <laughs> Sometimes we're... We're very similar, and at other times, it's a <laughs> hot miss. I want a cow. Okay. <laughs> so then this is kind of where it gets to the point where it's Allison's turn to answer, and she goes, I'll do anything sexual. I don't, <laughs> yeah. need, I don't need the million dollars to do it. That's right. And Claire goes, you're lying. And I think that's when we start kind of learning that, is she really lying? Because she's very convincing. Very convincing. Very convincing. And she's pushing on, on Allison. Yeah, she's like, I already done it. Yeah, haven't you done it? Have you done it? Yeah, but the fact that she says, I've done it with a therapist. My therapist. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad it turns out she was lying because I got even more uncomfortable with this. Yeah, and she goes, I've done it more than once with, with him mm-hmm. and he's married. Mm-hmm. And Claire's like, you're disgusting. Yeah. I'm like, well, that that is pretty disgusting. But she calls her a tease. Yeah. Oh, you're a tease. And, and, then, and then everyone agrees. Everyone's like, yeah. Bender starts to agree first. And yeah. then Andrew and Brian kind of like, well, Brian kind of doesn't really say anything, but he like, well, yeah. Because she is a tease. Yeah. I mean, not to say that in, in high school that you have to have sex, like, you know, wait, kids. But, um, you know, she... Claire's character obviously has acknowledged and owned her 
um, sexuality. And so to, to quote them, she uses it. So she mm-hmm. teases to get what she wants. Yeah. Because she's a bit of a spoiled priss. And Allison asked her, well, haven't you ever done it with a normal person? And she goes, well, we already covered this. Mm-hmm. But and Bender calls her out. He never, he answered. never answered. Yeah. But she says it's a double-edged sword. Allison says it's a double-edged yeah. sword. But then Allison goes, well, I haven't done it either. Claire goes, no, I'm still a virgin. Yeah, she Sorry. screams that she's yeah. a virgin. She's she's upset she's, that she has to confess that she's not yeah. a virgin. Because it, when you're in school, it was cool to to have lost your virginity. Mm-hmm. Which kind of like the fact that she has to scream it out and she feels like it's everyone's judging her. Yeah. After her saying to Brian, no, it's okay if you're a virgin. Then That's true. Like, yeah. Then why are you so concerned? Of like not just being like, yeah, I'm a virgin and what? Well, it's because, okay, so, well, because they're teenagers, but Mm -hmm. because they have, uh, like I said before, more of a sense of group personality, a group identity Mm -hmm. over the individual identity. So it's easy for her to tell someone else, hey, it's okay, and then not follow her own advice. We've all known people, we've all been there. Yeah. Where we advise people, but we don't take our own shit. Mm -hmm. And she was doing exactly that. Yeah. And gets called out for it. She gets called out for it. Yeah. But then Allison says, I lied. Yeah. I've never done it. <laughs> I was like, ooh, tricky, tricky, Allison. I like you. And Claire gets mad. Oh, yeah. She's like, you tricked me. Yep. But that's when we kind of learned that Allison's a liar. Mm-hmm. Besides, compulsive liar. Compulsive yeah. liar. I do, as an uncle, I do that with my nieces and nephews just because like, <laughs> it's just fun. To the point where, Marilyn, I know you're listening, <laughs> you know, you tell your niece, uh, oh, you have a paper cut? Uh, try using a, a lemon to rub on it. No, that's going to burn. Oh, no, no, go ahead. And then rubs a lemon. I go, and then she goes, oh, yeah, it burns. I go, oh, did you use a green one or a yellow one? I use a yellow one. Oh, no, you're supposed to use a green one. <laughs> okay, I'm evil, whatever. I like that story because I always bring it up. Oh, Marilyn? Yeah. Yeah. I was messed up as an uncle. <laughs> I lied to them a lot. So then we kind of continue with Claire still being mad. And Andrew is just kind of just saying, well, you're just pissed because she called you out. Mm-hmm. But Claire's still trying to defend it. She's like, no, no. Isn't that bizarre? And this is kind of where we, we start to get Andrew's reason of being in Saturday detention. Yeah. Truth circle. Truth circle. Which finally he, Allison goes, he can't think for himself. Burn. And he agrees with her. Yeah. I don't, do you guys want to know why I'm here? And he says that he taped Larry Luster's buns together. Mm-hmm. Everyone's kind of laughing. Brian's the only one that is shocked because that's one of, I guess, his friends. I don't think it was his friend. He just heard about it. Yeah. I think they might have been in a club together or something. It doesn't matter. But Andrew goes down this whole thing of him trying to get attention from his dad Mm -hmm. and to do things that his dad would have done in high school. Right. Which, come think about it, did his dad actually tape somebody else's buns together? Probably, amongst a bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like his dad wasn't wasn't any amount of remorseful. Mm -mm. But Andrew is. He he felt bad. He just goes and how he's talking about having him go to the principal's office and the emotions that he's emoting. Like, 
just having him sh- like see that he's tearing up because he did something. Well, he he starts talking about. Does he? By the way, does he say that he wailed on him? Yeah. Um. They held him down. That's right. Yeah. Right. So they beat the shit out of him. And Andrew has a conscience, and what he gets really worked up about is he starts to imagine that he that kid has to go home and face even further humiliation, and because of him. Mm-hmm. Because of him trying to live up to his dad's standards. Yeah. And we find out that Larry is very hairy. <laughs> but that's kind of where you see a little bit of his humanity. Yeah. His, yeah. He's like, kind of, I don't want to continue down this path. But Brian is the one that's kind of angry at it. Everyone else is kind of just like, okay. But it's Brian that calls him out or calls him. That's That's stupid. Then it leads to Brian saying why he's there mm-hmm. when he starts talking about all his pressure that he has to be that perfect child that perfect straight a student having no mistakes but he decides to take shop class right and gets an f because he thought that it was going to be easy yeah and then uh, bender calls him an idiot yeah because bender's in shop class yeah yeah so i he they had to build a lamp and his lamp didn't go off mm-hmm. And, of course, he got the F, but he couldn't live with the F. Right, because he had to have a perfect GPA. Mm -hmm. So his solution for that was... Gun to school. Mm -hmm. Later, we find out it's a flare gun. Well, there's this whole beat, Mm -hmm. right? And and the way that uh, Brian sort of lays it out is early, early in the movie, there's there's this moment where they're kind of talking about their, their pressures of school, right? They're lightly talking about it. And Brian's kind of mentioning, well, he has to be, you know have good grades and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. And everyone's like, okay, well, your problems really don't matter, right? So they're comparing each other's problems as a whole thing of the circle. And so when Brian finally in the circle is talking about his issues, he sort of tiptoes into it. And they're like, and everyone's kind of looking at him like, okay, like grades, whatever. But the whole point of this, and it's such a crucial part of the movie, is you can't compare your problems to other people's problems. Yes, some people have worse problems mm-hmm. you know, than yours, but in your own personal world, it matters to you the most. So much so that Brian was going to take measures into his own hands and he brought a gun to school. And then there's the comedic beat because he admits that it was a flare gun. He, that he can't even do that right. Well, I don't know if that was, that was the case, but they all laugh about it. And uh, evidently um, it was Carl and some clips, the, some uh, insert that they were supposed to put in, but they never did, of Carl was the one that actually found the, the gun. Oh, yeah, so that's why he's there. But he was going to commit suey wooey. What was so impactful of this whole circle thing was everyone has their problems, right? Claire's about conformity and her parents don't give a shit about her. They use her to get back at each other, mm-hmm. right? Andrew doesn't want to be that that dick jock mm-hmm. living up to his dad's standards. Um, Allison is ignored at home and bender well you heard his story yeah what is so impactful about this is that everyone has their own problems that are important to themselves and it's how they deal with it they all deal with it in their own special way and this is going to sound really wrong so so pardon this right of all the people that you could imagine um ending their life Mm -hmm. it would be the one that if you were to compare it had the has the worst home life which is bender Mm-hmm. But yet, even though he has the worst home life, he turns to comedy. He turns to just, you know, joking around and, and having fun and trying to enjoy life. Yeah. Whereas you have Andrew, who has, you can say, comparatively, the lesser of all the issues. And it's huge 
in his world. So much so that his only solution he can think of in his head is to end his life. You mean Brian? What did I say? Andrew. Yeah, I did that. Brian. Brian. <laughs> Brian had his own life. Right. You know, so it's it's just such an impactful scene because you know mental health plays a big part in it, and mm-hmm. like being a teenager, you, you everything's so important in your own little world, all your your respective responsibilities, which is why that quote in the beginning of the movie, that David Bowie quote, is essentially what the whole fucking movie's about. They are quite aware of what they're going through. Um, after they laugh it off, uh-huh. it somehow goes to them showing their talents. <laughs> Allison can write with her toes. Everyone can do something. Yeah. And so they ask Claire, what can you do? Yeah. She goes, no, it's too embarrassing. So she ends up saying, well, I can actually do one thing. Goes through her purse, gets a lipstick. But the whole time, she she's kind of turned away a bit to show them. And she finally applies this lipstick because she puts the lipstick in her cleavage. Mm-hmm. Fun party trick. Which, by the way, I don't think I can. I can do that. No, yeah. So, yeah, she actually couldn't do that. So through uh, movie trickery, they yeah. made it seem as if they did. Yeah. But it was Bender's reactions like. Yeah. And asked, where did she learn that? And she said, camp. But the way that he responds, everyone is kind of offended. He basically says the image of her is totally blown. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Because at first she was like, no, I don't want to do this. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. And they have a little... Uh, Allison stands up for her. She's like, you're shit, calling out Bender. Andrew also stands up for her. But at this moment, once Andrew stands up for her, that's when Bender goes, What do you care what I think anyway? I don't even count, right? I could disappear forever and it wouldn't make any difference. I may as well not even exist at this school, remember? Silence. And it's kind of like you can kind of see them crying, like starting to tear up a bit. Yeah. I feel like there's like an anti-bullying message. Yeah. Claire goes, I have just as many feelings as you do. Mm. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying, that everyone has their own problems and have his own feelings. I think Bender has just reached the peak of everything. Oh, totally. That he calls everyone pathetic. Mm -hmm. That they shouldn't compare themselves to him. Right. Because it's shit. Claire, at that point, is to kind of just like shut up. And for some reason, he's always picking on Claire right. the whole time. So he, for some reason, he mentions the diamond earrings that she has. And then she goes, oh, well, your daddy can buy you all this stuff. And you can see how jealous he is that he doesn't have anything. And you kind of get a little bit more of a glimpse without him saying anything of it. Yeah, because everyone's complaining about their luxury mm-hmm. problems. And once that little rant is over, Andrew goes, we're going to be like our parents, aren't we? Which is everyone's fear. You keep saying, I'm not going to be like my parents. I'm going to change and not be. It just happens. You just It just happens. You just go down that route. You can't break that cycle. Sometimes you can. That's when Allison says, when you grow up, your heart dies. So in some other interview, uh, Ali Sheedy did kind of bring that back up. I think it was like uh, three years ago. And she's like, well, back then I, I used to believe that when you grow up, your heart dies. But now I don't think so. But I do think that bits of your heart mm-hmm. die along the way. And I 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. You, when you're a kid, you, they have this like this level of purity and innocence. And as you grow older and as you get exposed to the world, that innocence kind of gets tempered and tampered with here and there. And so bits of it do die. But 
you know, doing things like what we're doing, creative things, mm-hmm. right? I always, I think that, you know, uh, completely immersing yourself in, in the creative world or whatever your passion may be, I think that is what keeps as much of your heart alive as possible. Just my opinion, man. Yeah, man. Um, but I think it also depends on your upbringing that decides also. Yes and no. Okay. Um. Because you, like, well, compare, you know, mm-hmm. you and I have had our, our different, you know, upbringings and stuff like that. And, you know, same thing for my siblings. All the while, it's still everyone. No ma- actually, no matter who it is, everyone is always trying to find just that thing that resonates with them. You And what you're fighting, what you're fighting when people are talking about fighting is all of the the things that, you know, your early life try to mold you into you're breaking out of that Mm -hmm. those parameters and societal norms and things like that everyone's a little weird (laughs) you know i mean just depending on i suppose depending on your upbringing you have to fight a little more Mm -hmm. but i think we're all looking for the same thing you know not the the you know what is a thirty two thousand dollar salary although that's nice you know if you're caring for inflation it's like an eighty thousand dollar yeah now it's like a 90 to 100 something like that yeah you know, yes, that's nice, but that's not success. Mm-mm. Success is not the the money that you make. Success is the happiness that you you procure in life. Uh, what's what's the guy that uh, that sings a Despacito song? I don't know his. I know the song. I just he, don't. He just retired. He said, "I'm not doing." He's you know going towards religion, but he essentially oh, said Daddy this, Yankee. That yeah, he's like, this isn't success. Gasolina. Yeah, and he's like, no, it's finding your happiness in life. Did come out with some good songs though. But yeah, it's good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Sometimes you just have to make your own happiness. Let's get back to this. After the whole Bender and Claire going back and forth, Brian speaks up and is asking if they're still going to be friends. Because he considers them On friends. Monday, because he considers them friends. Yeah. Which is very, very kind of him to do. But I think he also is not kind, but I think he's very eager to have friends. Because I don't think he has many Oh, very eager. I mean, that's kind of yeah. like shown throughout the whole thing. That's mm-hmm. why he's, you know, motioned to Bender that yeah, mm-hmm. have sex with people. You know, there's a likability. You want everybody to like you. Claire just tells him the truth. And she says no. Yeah. Everyone's going to go back to their own little cliques, their own little circles. But what she says and how she says it, she's like, you just got, you guys just won't, under, you won't understand, you know. Andrew even is trying to go, well, you don't know that. Yeah. But she shuts him down too. Like, you, you're... If Brian came up to you in the hallway in front of your friends, you're not going to, you're going to go ahead and say hi to him. You're going to treat him just like. And he doesn't answer. He doesn't answer. And the same thing, it goes around the whole thing. Yeah. Until Allison speaks. Yeah. Allison goes, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I'd be your friend. I'd be your friend. My friends wouldn't care if you were my friend. And so my lesson for people, the takeaway for you youngins listening is those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. You know, if you have people around you that are judging the shit out of you and Mm -hmm. care about all these aspects and throwing shit your way and not, you know, caring you, not bringing you up and encouraging you. They're not celebrating your wins with you. Yeah. You know, it's like those people, you don't need to be around those people that are constantly shitting on you, constantly judging you. Why this and why that? And you're like, whoa, 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 man. Celebrate the wins too, like you, you know. Yeah. And if for and if you're you know happen to be a quirky person like myself, right? I struggle with this. Mm-hmm. I am a very quirky person. I can't help it. It's just me, right? And I have to learn to accept me. But I also have to be okay with people not accepting me. And then I just you know fuck off with mm-hmm. 
and those who don't mind my personality and and enjoy all my quirkiness, all the good and the bad, those are the people that I keep around. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so I, I have a very, very, very small circle of friends. And I'm also very defensive and protective of like, you know, this, you know, this heart of mine that I've been trying to like, you know, fill up with all these passions and stuff. It's the quality of the friendship, not the quantity of it. A hundred percent. I would rather have two friends that would support me and me support them than have... I got 10 friends. And 10 friends that don't never, care. Yeah, they don't check They just want to like hang that. out. And I want people in my life that are going to also support me. Yeah. Or be that cheerleader as well. You ever had, you ever known anybody that like, you have your passions. Mm-hmm. Your passions are your passions. You like what you like. You can't really control how and why you like them. They just do. Yeah. As you go through life, certain you discover new things and they happen to scratch an itch and they it adds on to to you know that uh your heart living and mm-hmm. and that the fire passion of creativity, right? You ever, you know, shared your passions with somebody and then they shit on them? Yeah. And you're like, Oh, you're so fucking gone. And you yeah. push them away. Yeah. Oh. A hundred percent. That's why it's so easy for me. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I had to learn that a little later on in life, but it it's life is nicer now. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to fight to keep those assholes around. No, I'm not going to diminish my happiness. Mm-mm. And that is what Allison is trying to say. Absolutely. And the more that I watch this movie, the more that I can see that how, Al- besides the lion and the being a klepto, uh, the more that I am Allison. And I don't think I would change that. I think I would just continue being who I am. Yeah. And, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, then fuck off. Well, that's why I enjoyed her character the most because it wasn't just like a, uh, all of the things that Allison did throughout the movie wasn't just like some quirky, funny thing to like, you know, laugh and react mm-hmm. to and stuff like that. It was because that character, even though she has parents in a home life from which she's ignored, she happens to know and like, she happens to have discovered the things that she likes mm-hmm. that may be, a, you know, Captain Crunch and. Pixie sticks and sandwich with a you know. coke, but yeah, it, but I it's can't. what but it's what she likes. Yeah, she is definitely our niece Marlene that has a strong sense of individual identity. Mm-hmm. You go, Marlene. Yeah, you go. And and then you know, and Allison will die on that hill, which is why when everyone sort of makes up, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Claire gives her a makeover. I had a problem with that. I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but mm-hmm. I had a big problem with that because it betrayed the character. It did. And Ali Sheedy even agreed. Because that, that was the other thing of this movie that I was like, ah, a bit out of place. Mm-hmm. And in an interview, she said, well, our, the original idea, what I actually wanted was to for uh, Allison to just take off her big shabby sweater and confidently wear the white shirt she had underneath. Not mm-hmm. do a whole fucking pin her hair back, wearing eyeshadow. She wouldn't be the type of person to, person to wear blue eyeshadow and a pink dress, like complete 180, you know? It's like, yeah, it betrays her character 100%. Yeah. That was the thing that felt completely out of place. Okay. Because, and then she gets the guy. Yeah. Was it because of her personality or because she looked pretty? Because once she came out, everyone's like, what? Yeah, and Andrew's like, ooh. Yeah. Claire did it. <laughs> yeah, right away. Claire did it. Yeah. Which is something that I would do. I didn't do it. Oh, I wrote that down. Yeah. Alva's response. Yeah, it's definitely in your response. <laughs> but like I said, I jumped ahead because before that, they they have one more dance montage. Oh, that's right. And I rolled my eyes even harder mm-hmm. at this. And 
I'm so glad I noticed that this was out of place. Molly Ringwald was supposed to be the only one to do a dance, but she knew that she was a bad dancer. So she mm. felt uncomfortable and so convinced everyone to do a dance, which turned into some whole like MTV choreographed dance. Yeah. Right? Because of that, even she admits that she felt that it hurt the movie because yeah. it was so out of place. And uh, the cast all admitted that uh, Ali Sheedy was the best dancer. Oh, yeah. she is the best dancer. So after all that, Bender goes back. Claire asks Brian, so you're going to write the paper? Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like, didn't you just guys just have this whole thing? But she makes a point. She's like, we're all going to be writing the same thing. And Brian goes, okay, fine. I'll write the paper. Because the same thing is essentially, we don't know who we are. Yeah. And that's okay. Especially being a teenager. Like, that's okay if you don't know who you are. At that age, you don't need you're to. figuring it out. Enjoy that time that you have. Mm-hmm. But somehow it goes to Claire going to the closet with Bender. She gives him a kiss. And I'm just like, uh, okay. He says, why did you do that? Yeah. And she says, because you weren't gonna. So I'm like, aha, I knew it confirmed. They liked each other from the get-go. They were pulling yeah. each other's pigtails going out of the, yeah. Do you think they boned in that closet? Mm, no, I don't think so. Mm. Um, but that kind of felt like, okay. I see where you're going, Claire. But I also feel like she just wants to do it to get back to her parents. Well, he yeah. he even implies like, well, wouldn't it be a really good idea? Wouldn't it get back at your parents if mm-hmm. you were dating someone like me? Yeah, I don't think the relationship will ever last. Because he knows who he is for the most part and she doesn't. She's still trying to figure that out. She's probably going to be the one that's going to be fat, Claire. Yeah. <laughs> or a little <laughs> another little fun fact. Um, in 2001's Not Another Teen Movie, Molly Ringwald does not reprise her role as Claire, mm-hmm. but she does. A, she makes up a, a cameo as a as a um, working at an airline mm-hmm. attendant. You know that? No. Yeah. Oh. And you know who else makes a cameo as mm. his character? Vernon. Stop. I swear to God. All right. So Bender gets the girl. Bender gets the girl. Andrew gets the girl. Andrew gets the girl. The ugly duckling turned swan. Brian gets to write the essay. <laughs> Doesn't he gets no girl? He gets no girl, but I think he may have a friend in Allison. Yeah, I'd love to have a friend. Well, I do have. I married an Allison. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Brian's married Allison's. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after the essay is written, they're all walking down the hall. Mm. This is going back to uh, how they got dropped off. You have Claire and Bender kissing. Mm-hmm. You have Allison and Andrew kissing, and Brian kind of just gets in the car, which, by the way, Brian's dad is John Hughes. Yeah. A little cameo there. The fun little cameo to write yourself, mm-hmm. unless you're Quentin Tarantino and you write this whole thing where you're dropping some really bad words. Mm-hmm. I still love Tarantino um, movies. But I think also Claire kissing Bender in front of the dad was kind of like a little- Yeah. Yeah, he like- this is what you're going to get now. Yep. Um, and then she gives him the earring. Well, she's like, what? And I'm just like, earring, dude, just take it. Um, it's a promise earring. It's a prom- Aww, promise earring. And then your favorite part comes up of Bender just walking. Oh, the iconic part. Yeah. And essentially, he improv that. He mm-hmm. did a couple takes, but yeah. And uh, he walks off across the field, fist in the air. And I finally watched The Breakfast Club. It's a deep movie. So what do you think of overall? Would you watch it again? Yeah, I would for sure watch it again. I would probably skip over 
the montage sequences because it doesn't need it. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I would love to do like my own personal edit where you just cut that out completely. Uh, it's a strong movie. I, I like movies that delve into motivation, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just have that character development. I mean, it was layers, really layered. Okay. And the fact that it took place in in, in one spot. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. One location. You're good. That's all you need. So this movie had more of a following. Um, obviously, it made a, a shit ton of money. Um, John Hughes wrote this movie before he wrote 16 Candles. But the studio uh, wanted a formulaic movie as opposed to what this is. Mm-hmm. 16 Candles didn't get the, the following the way that this movie did. John Hughes wanted... The Breakfast Club to be his debut. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And in fact, this movie almost didn't get greenlit because the studio wanted, specifically Universal Studios, wanted uh, bare breasts, party scenes, guys drinking, and other things that they thought teenage pictures at the time needed. So Animal House? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Makes sense. I think they did compare it to Animal House yeah. and some other stuff, but this, this movie didn't need all of that stuff. Mm-mm. It would have taken away, which is... All of the things that I saw, like as far as like deleted scenes and things like that, like it would have hurt the movie even more. So I'm okay with those other things that I mentioned still being in there because, you know, it, it, there are some movies that are, you know, for the most part, perfect. Mm-hmm. And and uh, this one is up there as a darn near perfect movie. Okay. Glad you glad you liked it. Yeah. I loved everyone's performances. Fucking love Ali Sheedy. Um, Michael Anthony Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. God damn it. You'll get his name right. Yeah. I also love a, a young Emilio Estevez. He's adorable. Then I was like, Emilio. Yeah. I am. Um, people are going to hate me. I, I'm not a big fan of Molly Ringwald. I never got it. Oh. And then, yeah, I never got it. But rumor has it she wanted to play the role as Allison. Mm. Hughes was like, no, no, no. You already played that type of character in 16 Candles and some other stuff. And, yeah. And, um, I, and I'm just trying to get all my fun facts out of the way. Ali Sheedy for 16 Candles wanted to be the lead. Oh. But Hughes wasn't, he didn't, the reason why he didn't want her, because she had two black eyes uh, that she got on set from a, a like a set building accident. Mm-hmm. But what stood in his mind was Ali Sheedy with, with black, black eyes. eyes. So he thought of her as the goth Allison. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. I think she fits the role better than um, what Molly Ringwald would have done. 100%, only yeah. because I think she's cuter. Mm. Like when uh, within the first 25 minutes, uh, even though we don't get to hear her talking and she's like has her her little squeeze and squeals. And I think the most you get out of her within those first 20, 25 minutes is like, aha. Yeah. To, to Claire. It's kind of just like, what? Even though Claire tells her to shut up and then yeah. she does for the next couple mm-hmm. minutes. All right. So here comes the important part. Yeah. What would you rate it? I would personally give it an 80. Okay. 80% on Rotten Tomato score, zero to 100. 60 being fresh, I would give it an 80. What I think critics gave it is also an 80. And okay. what I think audience gave it is a 90. Okay. So uh, critics gave it an 89 and audience a 92. Ah, all right. Yeah. Well, critics rated it higher. Yeah, I should have known better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Just Not a little. too far It's okay. You get, you get it next time. All right. So we've seen The Breakfast Club. Anything else you want to add before we... No, but I'm glad that we saw this. I, I'm I'm going to add it onto that that comfort movie list. So if I ever have it playing, you're just going to sit down and be like, all right. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be my Shawshank Redemption, meaning there are some, there are a list, a short list of movies that people have and they'll know 
where if you walk are walking past the TV and happens to be playing, you have to sit down and you have to watch the rest of it. Scott Pilgrim is one of them, and Shawshank Redemption is another. Okay. Yeah. This one's not going to be that, but I'll I'll linger for a few minutes. Well, that does it for today's episode. We You finally watched The Breath We Slept. Sure as hell did. I laughed. You cried. I cried. I didn't know I was going to say that. I smoked some doobage. I mean, I'm just kidding. And you danced. A little. Don't forget to check out our social medias at Instagram. Forehead Films. F-O-R-E-H-E-D Films. Because some other a-hole has a correct spelling in that. It makes it difficult to tell people about my page. Anyways. All right. Tell us what you thought about this movie in the comment section. Or if you want to be more private. In the DMs. But let us know what movies are on your list that people have asking the question. You haven't, you haven't seen, seen that? that? Later, guys. Bye.